Today's episode of From the Rose Garden is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn, or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to therosegarden.robinhood.com. That's therosegarden.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. I'm Damian Lillard, and you're listening to From the Rose Garden on the Athletic Podcast Network. Rep City! Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Hello and welcome back to From the Rose Garden. I'm your host, Dave DeFort, joined as almost always <laughs> by the real star of the show, Jason Quick. Happy New Year, Jason. Thank you, David. Welcome back. Hope uh hope you got a chance to relax a little bit over the holidays. Yeah, a little bit. But I'm uh I'm more excited. I've got a couple good nuggets that I think readers are going to enjoy coming up that I'm working on. So uh I used most of my time off to quote unquote off uh kind of yeah. chasing down some stories that I think people are really going to enjoy. Yeah, yeah, you gave me a little sneak peek and uh you know, I'm pumped especially especially for the, the one I think is going to be a big one. Yeah. Well, the big story today is that uh, Carmelo Anthony is the you know best player in basketball right now. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, if I could be hyperbolic just for, for once. Yeah, he hit a game winner uh, against uh, the Raptors. We, we should be very excited and think that Portland has turned a corner, right? Oh, you can think that way, but I, I don't think it's quite there. It, it it was very cool. Not only did he hit a game winner, but it was really a a dominant performance for him. Not dominant, but a very good performance. 28 points, probably his best game as a trailblazer. Uh, hit a lot of big shots down the stretch. But look, Dave, you know as well as anyone, Toronto was really shorthanded. And, you know, even when they were announcing the starting lineups i'm like man portland with all their injuries and all that they're going through there's no way that toronto is a better team and uh so it, it was good because this team just look they need to win any any time they can get one and to to come back like they did down 12th in the fourth uh, that's a positive that i think can help their psyche but Look, this, this team has some some pretty glaring problems and, and defenses at the top of it. Uh, absolutely. And, and, I mean, it's the same stuff that we've kind of said all year. So it's not a surprise that, that they're 16 and 22. I mean, it, this is kind of 
what this team is. But the bigger surprise is that the bottom of the West is so bad. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies are also 16 and 22, and they're in the ninth seed. I mean, that, that tells you exactly what's going on at the bottom of the West. So this team could still, you know, they, the, the playoffs are attainable. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but two things. One, other teams at the bottom, like Memphis, I mean, Memphis is, I think, 10 and 6 in their last 16 games. They've got some quality yeah. victories on their ledger. Portland, they've got, I think, four wins now over teams with winning records. And I, I still put an asterisk by the, by the Toronto victory. This team hasn't, Portland has not really given you any hope that a turnaround is around the corner. But that being said, I do kind of see some value in making the playoffs. Just one, because if if they don't, yeah, they'll have a higher draft pick maybe by one or two. But two, keep in mind that the Blazers are getting back Yusuf Nurkic in about a month. And then I just talked with Zach Collins today had a real nice sit down with him and he is adamant that he will return this season that uh, he will come back to uh, full court workouts during the all-star break. He, he's not sure. So sure that he's going to be cleared for contact, but he will be on the court during the all-star break doing everything basketball related. And then around March, uh, which was the original time timeline, they'll, he'll be evaluated to be cleared for contact. And he is adamant that he, he is going to return to the court this year and that it will be in March. So those are two pretty big pieces uh, that will be coming back for the Blazers, Nurkic and Collins, how much they're going to be able to play. I, I don't think they're going to jump right in and play 30 minutes, but for how depleted this team is just even getting those guys for 20 minutes each a game, that's going to make you a better team, particularly defensively. So. You have those two guys coming back and then, you know, kind of the wild card in all this and the unspoken in all this is will Neil, Neil Olshay pull the trigger on a trade and improve this team. So if he does, if you add whoever uh, comes in with Nurkic and Collins, then you're looking at a different dynamic, a different team. Uh, and then you kind of roll the dice and see if if they catch lightning in a bottle like they did in 2017 when Nurkic got uh, traded to the Blazers. So I, I see what you're saying that, you know, hey, it's 16 and 22. They don't look very good. They can't play defense. What's the point of making the playoffs? Well, the point of making the playoffs is you're hoping that Nurkic and Collins are back and maybe there's a trade and, you know, this team catches fire. It's not <laughs> – I wouldn't put a lot of money on it, but I think it's something if you want to – stay interested or engaged in this season that's something to to kind of hold on to so uh, let's let's just think out the trade market for this team and, and what they need right like we know they need to improve on the defense we know what they have they've got a couple of contracts that they can move and, and yeah. I, mean, I think the white side white side is a big contract so you know they could potentially snag a guy a kevin Lo or kevin love type of contract let's say um, you know, I mean, that's actually a straight up trade. I, you know, I don't know about the fit. I don't think it's a good one if you're trying to improve your defense, but you know, that's out there. Uh, Kent Bazemore, another contract that they can move. You know, I, I think that they probably need him to play more than they 
Yeah, I don't know if they could get equivalent production, let's say, uh, on oh, the trade market. I, I but, but potentially, I, I mean, well, I, 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 think I mean, got... at least theoretically. Okay. The things that he does in theory, well, not the things that he has done. Well, look, it, it's clear the Blazers need a forward, whether that's a small forward or a power forward. I, I think that's six one way, half dozen the other. Because, sure. you know, I, I talked to Carmelo Anthony last week. He's comfortable sliding to the three. He's still comfortable playing the four. So they need some depth there, and they need better play there because Kent Bazemore, I don't think they can continue playing him large segments uh, of games anymore. I, I, I just don't think he's an effective player at all. Yeah, he gives you some defense, but his offense, Dave, has been absolutely atrocious, and he's, he's hurting them. I do think he he adds some value defensively. I think he makes some plays, you know, effort type plays, but it, it, it's not worth it. I, I think if they would like to get rid of a guy, I think it would be Bazemore because Whiteside he, he still helps this team. I, I I still think he gets a bad rap. Yes, he's flawed, but he has been huge for this team. What he has been doing, so uh, I I think. Teams would show more interest in in Whiteside. He makes twenty seven million. Bazemore makes seventeen million. But you know, it, it's so hard to predict the trade market because it takes two to tango. And yeah, what Portland's needs are might not align with whatever other team uh, is out there. So uh, I think it's going to be really fascinating to see what what Neil Olshay can pull off. But I think it's clear that they need help at one of the forward positions and they probably need some, some depth at center, even with Nurkic coming back, uh, they're going to need another body in there because we still don't know what's going on with Scala BCA's knee. Uh, they still haven't given us an update on that. It should be, uh, sometime probably either late this week or early next week where we kind of know the course of action that they're going to take on his, his knee. But the Blazers are just painfully, painfully thin at center right now. Yeah, so you know a forward who would be pretty interesting on this team is Marcus Morris. Yeah, bring some toughness to the defensive end. Three point um, shooting can shoot the three, and doesn't have a long term contract. I like that idea, which may David. not be a bad thing though. That so you know th- th- there is a a tricky part here, right? Like where it may there may be more value for them to get someone on a longer deal because of just the function of the of the cba that's what they're looking for that's neil olshay has been very clear that one he's not going to sacrifice the future pieces that means dame cj nurk anfernee simons and collins Uh, those guys are virtually untouchable uh the first three dame cj and nurk are untouchable he's not gonna deal those guys collins and and anfernee you're gonna have to you're gonna to have to be talking about a pretty sweet player uh, if if you're gonna pry them off of, off this roster. So I forgot where I was going. Where what was your point? Well, I was just saying Marcus oh, the, Morris, the long term stuff, right? Yeah. Him him being on a short term deal might keep keep them from having interest. They want a guy who is gonna fit the 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 career arc of that group of the Dame CJ uh, Zach. All those guys, they want them to fit 
into something beyond this year and even beyond the next year. They want uh, something that's they're going to be able to build with. So it's going to be a guy who is under contract for uh, more than one or two years. Yeah, I wonder if you know if they're just looking for stop gaps this year. There are guys out there. I mean, Glenn Robinson the third kind of fits that three wing profile yeah. they need. I mean, he, he, there's no one great. That's the, I think that's the thing that really is going to make this trade deadline weird is that you're not going to have big time swing pieces really move because there are so many teams that still feel like they're in it. I mean, Portland being one of them, right? Like Portland wouldn't, wouldn't say, all right, well, you know, we got to blow this up because they feel like next year, this team has a shot. Yeah. I, I think another thing too, Dave, is that this is not a great free agent, uh, market this summer and so right so the ability to help teams out with cap space and expiring contracts isn't as attractive as in some years so you know the blazers have 27 million with Whiteside, 17 with baysmore and while that might seem enticing what are you know teams that get that are going to be like yeah well, what kind of player can i get in the summer with, with that and especially if you're a market that is not a free agent destination. Uh, Portland knows yeah. that more than anything, having a bunch of free agent money, but not being able to attract anyone uh, because it's not a destination market. So it, it's a little bit of a, a, a tricky situation there for, for Olshay to navigate. Yeah, there's like, there's like five teams that are going to have cap space. I think it's like Memphis, Atlanta, Cleveland, Charlotte. So like, you know, basketball purgatory, essentially. Yeah. And they're all going to be competing to see who can pay Evan Fournier $28 million a year. <laughs> right. And you I, know, ju- just to kind of put it all into perspective, like that's, he's the big prize free agent this summer. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, as it stands, I think Portland figures to have $14 million in in space entering the summer. And that's considering uh, Rodney Hood comes back, which I think he is going to come back. Matter of fact, I think the Blazers will try to, to maybe even um, sign him long term this summer, uh, he has an option for six million. But uh, so th- they're going to be around fourteen million, and I I think you can get a, a decent role player with that kind of mm-hmm. money, and uh, and and that's what they need right now. I don't think they need a starter to come in. Uh, I, I know a lot of people have questions about Hood coming back off that ruptured Achilles, but. Uh, and, and that remains to be seen. But this team has a lot of faith in Rodney, and and they envision him being the starter next year. Yeah, and the bigger the bigger question for the team, you know, it really isn't even about next season. It's more about that twenty twenty one summer when Dame's extension kicks in. Like they want to have, and this is this might push them to to try to make a move now, thinking for next year and the year after. Where they can, because once you get that money on the books, it doesn't matter when Dame's contract kicks in. Right, you'll just be over the over the cap and operate that way. Right. Um. So you know the the function of the the salary cap is going to influence so much in the next you know month. Yeah. Leading up to the trade deadline. But yeah, also, there's it, just, you know, there's a there there's also a case to be made for just just grit your teeth and grind through this season. You know. And, yeah. And just kind of absorb that, man, we were snake bitten this year. It sucks. It hurt. But we're pretty well equipped 
uh, moving forward next year. You know, we still have our main three guys uh, and two youngsters who have shown a lot. And, you know, we, we took all of our, all of our injuries this year and let's stay healthy and, and move forward. So again, I, I, I think it's important to note that it, it takes two to tango. And I, I think Neil will try to improve this roster and, and try to make it deeper even for next year. But uh, I don't think it's going to be catastrophic if he's unable to make a move because this team's pretty set moving forward. Any concern about, uh, Lillard and, and you know a season a down season like this do you, for the do you team? worry about yeah for the no. team no I mean as far as him like getting irritated being unhappy that, right no yeah no that it's not in his nature he he knows the situation yeah you know it injuries happen and I I think he's frustrated by it but I, I don't think it's gonna taint how he feels about uh, this organization or this group or, or anything like that. I mean, he's <laughs> things go much deeper with him than that. He, he's not that fickle where, where one season of bad luck is going to change his thinking. He's, he's, he's real to the core. And when he says stuff, he means it, he believes it. And uh, he's not a guy who's going to be shaken by one year. Interesting schedule coming up. They've got the Timberwolves. They've got the Bucks uh, at home. They've got the Hornets, and then they've got the Rockets. That's the next four games. Yeah. Um, the Bucks, uh, you know, being obviously the best team in the league, the Rockets, tough matchup. No reason to think they couldn't split the next four and be 18 and 24. They're still going to kind of be in the mix of that eighth seed. Do you, do you feel like the next four games might, might make some determination on, on which way they go next week, week and a half? I mean, it, we're getting we're getting close to the deadline. I mean, it's it's a month away. So like these little week long batches of games, I think they they matter a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know. I you know because after the Houston, it's that next week, you know, they have the at Houston, at Dallas, at Oklahoma City. That's when you really kind of get can get a gauge of where you stand in the West. I mean, what Houston's third. Dallas fifth, Oklahoma City seventh, something like that right now. Yeah. So you can kind of gauge where where you are to the top of the, the middle and the end of the playoff bracket. And so yeah, but I you know I, I don't think I don't think Neil Olshay is sitting there going, "Boy, I don't know what I've got. I don't know where we are." <laughs> right. I think he yeah. knows exactly where this team is, wh- how limited they are and uh, th- that's the thing. This team, you know, there's some people in Portland who are saying, "Oh, this team should tank." Well, how does this team tank? I mean, they're they're almost having trouble filling out a rotation, just having enough right. healthy bodies to have a rotation. I mean, Anthony Tolliver is playing center at times for this team, so I don't know how. Right. This the only team way to tanks. get worse is to sit Damon CJ. Well, that's never going to happen. Those guys will never. Well, right. Yeah. That, that's the only way you can get worse. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. or, or you just, you know, uh, kind of punt on Kent Bazemore and bench him and play, you know, Gary Trent Jr. and, and Anthony Simons more, more minutes. That, that's one way. But it, it's, it's hard for this team to tank just because they need all these bodies. And 
it, it's not like anyone is they're really holding back on uh, playing anyone. I mean, the Sierra Littles getting minutes, Gary Trent Jr. is getting minutes. They're playing pretty much everybody on their roster. So uh, I I don't think it, it's a question of whether this team tanks or not. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect them to. Um, and I also think that, you know, the market forces at play there kind of precludes them from doing it anyway. I think there's more value. And you know this better than I do, I guess. Uh, I should ask. Like, there's more value to the team like like the Blazers scrapping and making the eighth seed than there is for, you know, some of the, the teams that have not done that, that, that have veered the other way and said, you know what? Yeah, we got some injuries. Let's just, uh, we can tank and come back next year. Yeah. I mean, one, you know, they talk a lot about the culture here. They They mm-hmm. really preach and try to practice a winning culture here and it's very important to them to conduct themselves in a manner of we're trying to win every game and two i don't think this team unlike some other teams are in dire need of a hot shot rookie uh i mean obviously you're never going to turn your nose down at at one but it's not like this team is is thirsty for uh, a body that can jump right into a, their rotation. They feel like next year their rotation will be pretty set. So it's not important for them to get, so to speak, to get a top six pick or or it's a bad draft. And that's yeah. like well known around the league. Like they've known this for four years that right. this draft wasn't going to have any kind of foundational talent in it. Right. And so, so you know, yeah. that's why I I think there's a growing chance to it's just going to be a, a kind of grin and bear it type situation. There's no real help in, in free agency. There's no real help in the draft. So why mortgage your future for, you know, immediate help right now? Uh, I, I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I think they're just in a, in a really tricky spot and it, it's, it sucks for a fan. You know, I, I'm sitting here looking at, we've got four more months of the season. How do we make this interesting? How do we make it, you know, palatable? Uh, yeah. And I mean, uh, we just, I mean, to break the fourth wall just a little bit, like before the show started, we even said that. Yeah. We were like, nothing has really changed. And, you know, like if anything, things just look worse. Yeah. Because we we're, a month later or whatever. And they're just not showing improvement. The, the defense in particular is, uh, it's just hard to watch. And, and even offensively, I, I still think this team more so than probably any of the eight years that Stotts has been here has been more one-on-one isolation type offense. And, you know, I, I think people are picking up on that more and more that, man, this is a little bit tougher to watch than I remember Blazer games. And it's not like they don't have talented offensive players. I mean, Dame, CJ, Carmelo, you know, even Whiteside has turned into being an effective uh, pick and roll guy with Dame. So, uh, but it's been a really tough group to watch. Yeah. And the defense is just atrocious, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, it, it'd they be will one thing if they were showing signs of <laughs> yeah. improving. But, you know, and 
yeah, I know people will probably holler that, hey, we just beat Toronto, but again, that was a really depleted Toronto team, especially offensively. Yeah. Yeah, you like the takeaway from that game is that you won. That's yeah. it. Not that you beat a good team. It's just that you got a victory. Yep. Because, I mean, Toronto, like what they've done with nobody in the lineup is way more impressive than than any of the no losses doubt. would be for anyone else. No so, doubt. Um, yeah, like the moral victories for that win is the, yeah, that just save those. Yeah, they, they will soldier on and, uh, you know, so will we. We'll, we'll figure this out, Jason. You just gotta you gotta keep your sights on Nurkic's return and That's Collins's right. return. Try to envision, you know, what this team will look like with those two guys back. And again, I don't think they're going to come back and things are all of a sudden going to change because I think they're going to baby step both of them uh, as yeah. far as minutes. And you know, I think there'll be a question of uh, whether Nurkic and maybe even Nurkic and Collins play in back to backs and. Uh, how long it'll take for them, <coughs> excuse me, to have their minutes go from 20 to 25 and then to 30. That's all going to be a process. And we're talking about, you know, late February, March. That's not a lot of time left to, to kind of get your feet under you and, you know, develop some rim, rhythm and, and consistency. But still, it's something to look forward to. And it's something to keep your fingers crossed that maybe they're there is something special there. Um, and keep in mind, I mean, I know Blazer fans remember, Yusuf Nurkic is so good and does so many different things that I, I do think he will instantly make this a better team, but it's a matter of how much he's going to be able to play and how consistent he'll, he'll be after coming back after such a catastrophic leg injury. I, well, and also, there's no way you have a bottom seven defense with Nurkic out there. No. I mean that's what that's what the big change was when they acquired him in uh in that trade. Uh the Blazers were I think 30th for a long time that season. Then he came and they instantly went up to the middle of the pack in the in the NBA and their their rim protection defense vaulted to the top just because of Yusuf Nurkic. So and it's not just that, it's his passing, it's the threat. Uh, and, and it's how he and Dame have this chemistry of uh, the pick and roll. He he does so much. He does everything for this team, and it's going to be really fun to see uh, see just how good he he is when he comes back. I I think we should temper our expectations a little bit just because it has been or, or will be close to a year that he has uh, been off the court, and I think there's a lot of mental issues to get over and having such a, a bad break of that leg and it'll take a while to get over that. But still, I, I think just his presence is really going to help this team. They've got a, a bunch of tough games coming up, so uh, we'll see what they look like after that. And uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. We will be back middle of next week. I think you're coming, to, you're coming to Texas. Yes. I'm yeah. going to Texas. <laughs> there you go. So we'll, we'll talk at some point next week. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to uh, give us a good rating and uh, review the show on uh, iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening, and uh, subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, I do believe you can still save money by going to theathletic.com slash from the Rose Garden, and you also make me and Jason look Both good. So we'll be back next week. Both things play hard. Both things play hard.
Anthony Swayhart. God bless and good night.